Welcome to the Adams Road podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. Every week we examine a chapter in the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. You can find our weekly content by searching Adams Road podcast on your podcast app. Let's start today by listening through Hebrews chapter 8. Now in the things which we are saying, the main point is this. We have such a high priest who sat down on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a servant of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched, not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that this high priest also have something to offer. For if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, seeing that there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. Even as Moses was warned by God when he was about to make the tabernacle, for he said, See, you shall make everything according to the pattern that was shown to you on the mountain. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, by so much as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which on better promises has been given as law. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind, I will also write them on their heart. I will be their God, and they will be my people. They will not teach every man his fellow citizen, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me, from their least to their greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. I will remember their sins and lawless deeds no more. In that he says, a new covenant, he has made the first old, but that which is becoming old and grows aged is near to vanishing away. All right, we're in Hebrews chapter 8 today. Now let's go back to verses 1 and 2 real quick. It says, Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the holy places, in the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. So in the tabernacle, and later the temple of the Old Covenant, there were no seats for the priests, the idea being that their work was continual and never completed or finished. Guys, I used to work in an ice cream shop, believe it or not, and man, when things got busy on a Friday night, the line would be out the door and down the street. If I had been going nonstop for hours, I'd just want to like sit down and take a break for a minute. But you can't really do that when you know your work isn't finished. You have people waiting to be served who have yet to be served their ice cream. Hungry people, I might add, who have waited more than their fair share to get a tasty treat. And just when you think the line's getting shorter and you might get a breather, some huge party from a baseball game or something would come in and there was always more to do. With the priestly work of the Old Covenant, there were always more sacrifices to offer year by year. 
and the effects or benefits of those sacrifices were only temporary and fleshly for the purification of the flesh. Those sacrifices didn't put away sin, only temporarily covered them, so to speak, like a band-aid on a wound or like a rug would cover a juice stain. You've heard the term, to sweep it under the rug, right? That only hides a problem that still exists. That doesn't get rid of the problem or fix it for good. In contrast to the Levitical priests of the Old Covenant, Jesus is seated in heaven. This indicates that his work is finished, guys. He offered himself once for all as the perfect sacrifice for the sins of the people. And the benefits of his sacrifice are spiritual and last forever. Paul said in Ephesians 1.3 that God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now verse 2 of Hebrews 8 says that Jesus is a minister in the holy places in the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. You see, the earthly tabernacle or tent was only a copy. It was in some sense an imitation of the heavenly reality. Okay, Hebrews 8 verse 3. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Thus, it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. So the question is, what did Jesus have to offer? After all, he wasn't a Levitical priest. What would this priest after the order of Melchizedek be required to offer? Okay, I'm going to cheat and sneak ahead for a second to Hebrews 10.5, where the reader quotes a psalm. It reads, Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. Jesus' own body was the sacrifice he had to offer. All right, moving on. Hebrews 8 verse 4. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. The old covenant priesthood served only a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. The elements of that priesthood pointed to the greater to come, but was not that greater thing. Have you ever tried to have a relationship with a shadow of your wife? Can you imagine trying to talk to a shadow, loving a shadow? Can you imagine understanding a shadow? It would be a vague image of the real thing, but you wouldn't be able to appreciate the full beauty of your spouse by only obsessing over her shadow, would you? You can't have a relationship with a shadow, that's obvious. Wouldn't most people say, give me the real thing? No, if your wife was just standing there wanting to communicate with you, wanting to laugh with you, see your face, appreciate your company, you wouldn't just ignore her and set her aside for a lifeless shadow, would you? You see, the Hebrews were in danger of being so infatuated with the old covenant system at the expense of rejecting God's offer to have a personal and saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything that the law was pointing towards in the first place. Jesus Christ is the real deal, not the old covenant system which was only a copy and a shadow of him. All right, verse 6 of Hebrews 8 says, But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises. All right, so what are some of the promises of this new covenant? 
As mentioned earlier, Paul said in Ephesians 1.3 that God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We have God's Spirit in us as Christians. We have the promise and assurance of eternal life, of the redemption of our bodies. We have our justification, sanctification, and glorification assured through the promises of the new covenant. And one day we'll even see Jesus face to face and be like him. These are all spiritual promises given based on the finished work of Christ. From 1 John we read, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. So in contrast, though, to these spiritual blessings in the new covenant, the old covenant was full of physical promises based on our obedience to the law. Deuteronomy 28, for example, says, Now if you will be careful to obey the Lord your God and follow all his commands that I tell you today, and it goes on to say, He will bless you in the city and in the field. He will bless you and give you many children. He will bless your land and give you good crops. He will bless your animals and let them have many babies. And so on and so forth. And it goes on to say, The Lord will help you defeat your enemies. The Lord will bless you and fill your barns. He will bless everything you do. Again, these are all temporal blessings based upon doing the commandments. But the new covenant offers spiritual blessings predicated upon faith in Jesus. And being a disciple of Jesus offers no assurances that you'll be blessed physically per se. But Jesus actually promises his followers, you will be hated by everyone because of me. Or listen here to what the apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 9 and also in verse 13. For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. We have become and are still like the scum of the earth, the refuse of all things. And also Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24 to 26, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? The blessings of the new covenant aren't material and they're not of this world. They are spiritual and eternal blessings. All right, moving on. Starting in verse 7 of Hebrews 8, For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. For he finds fault with them when he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, for they did not continue in my covenant, and so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds, and I will write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Here in this section, the writer of Hebrews is quoting Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 34. The new covenant is so much better than the old. Notice Jeremiah highlights that it's not like the old covenant. Many have a tendency to want to run back to the old covenant approach to God, which is 
according to Romans 10 this, for Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. The tendency here is to seek to establish a righteousness and standing before God based on doing the law. But in the new covenant, we are gifted God's righteousness through faith in Christ. This is a righteousness that comes from God, not ourselves, and depends on faith, not our works. Now, instead of laws written on tablets, God will write them himself on our hearts and establish them in our minds. Having a list of to-dos and not-to-dos didn't have the power to transform anyone under the Old Covenant. They had commands, but not the ability to carry them out. In the New Covenant, the Holy Spirit dwells inside each and every Christian to help imprint God's written word onto our hearts. You see, God cleanses and transforms us from the inside out and empowers us to live by His Spirit who dwells in us. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. All right, and moving on here in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 11, it says, And they shall not teach each one his neighbor, and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest. Jesus said in John 17, 30, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. In the new covenant, Jesus promises to love us, manifest himself to us, and make his home in us. This is relational, it's intimate, experiential, and real. It's more than just like knowing a set of facts, more than just mental ascent. The Word of God goes from the mind into the heart and by God's Spirit changes us. We experience God. We get to know Him in this way. Hebrews 8 verse 12, For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. We mentioned this already. But again, the difference is like covering a stain on a floor with a rug versus removing the stain altogether. The yearly propitiation for sins done on the Day of Atonement under the old law, it only covered sins temporarily, so to speak. Those animal sacrifices only averted God's wrath for one more year, it pushed it back. But the fact these sacrifices were continual was also a continual reminder of sin. Those sacrifices didn't take away any sins. We'll go more into depth regarding this in chapter 10 of Hebrews, but the point is this. The new covenant promise from God is that He remembers our sins no more. They are taken away from His sight. Psalm 103.12 declares, As far as the east is from the west, so far does He remove our transgressions from us. Alright, so finishing up here, chapter 8 of Hebrews concludes with this. In speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Many believe Hebrews was written around 67 to 69 AD. The Romans came into Jerusalem and completely destroyed the Jewish temple in 70 AD. And along with that, the old covenant animal sacrificial system was gone. No more temple, no more sacrifices. What was becoming obsolete and growing old 
what was ready to vanish away was suddenly gone. The old had passed away. With Christ's death for our sins came the new and better way. If you are holding on to the old ways, let go. If you are attached to what is vanishing away, give it up. Turn to Jesus. Believe in what He did on your behalf. He died for our sins and was raised on the third day. He alone is the one who brings life. Only His work and His righteousness can save you. You can experience what it's like to know God by receiving His Holy Spirit by faith. You can receive His righteousness as a free gift and be given the free gift of eternal life through faith in Jesus. meant as a shadow of Jesus and the sacrifice he made for our sin where he died once for all and then rose again our only high priest he forever lives the prophets foretold about his life Tore the veil so we could enter in Oh, Jesus is the end of the life So that there may be righteousness for those who The temple of old was a symbol of Jesus Dwelling in our hearts when we love Him He abolished in His flesh the enemy The law of ordinances nailed to His cross Oh, Jesus is the end of the love So that there may be Righteousness for those Who
was Law and the Prophets from the Adams Road album Book of Life.
That was Newness of Life from the Adams Road Piano DVD, Hands for War. This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at adamsroadministry.com. Again, that's adamsroadministry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Feel free to join us next week as we examine Hebrews chapter 9. Grace and peace be with you all.